Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let Me Tell You. If this is your first time joining me, as always, my name is Leslie and I am your host. I wanted to say thank you for all of the support and feedback that I've been getting. It really means a lot as I've created this space for me to just find a way to let things out, share my experiences, share moments, share stories, funny stories that have shaped me and isn't as an individual, uh, I do want to start by apologizing because my past two audios have been really crappy for some reason, and it's just very frustrating. I want the quality to be better. I'm not sure what's going on. I listened to myself several times before I post, and it wasn't cutting off in my audios, so I'm trying to work on that. But just bear with me, I'm not the best at editing, and also, I am also just learning. So let's see if I can get it right this time. So today's episode is called No One Like a Mother, and today I will talk about my journey in my pregnancy, becoming a mom, birth, like all of that good stuff. But I feel like most importantly, and what my whole podcast podcast intention is is the Hispanic culture the lessons it has brought me and you know how my Hispanic family has interfered with me being a mom I'm also a stay-at-home mom so I'll talk about that as well but I feel like it's important to start off with did I even want kids and the answer is no I did not want kids it was something I didn't even consider and I didn't feel like it would consider I would consider it changing someday and it's not because I don't like kids because I love kids I love my nephews I love other people's kids I've always had a good relationship with you know my nephews and nieces from my husband's side so I just feel like I couldn't handle a child you know my whole life I have gone through so much and I didn't feel that I was capable of being a good mother so to me, it was more like, why will, why would I bring a child into this world if I'm not going to be a good mother? So, and I feel like a huge part of not wanting kids also reflected on how I saw my parents complain about us, about money, about being tired, about having kids. You know, I didn't see it as something positive. I didn't feel like I would enjoy it. And I feel like now that I'm a mother, I realize why I would hear, you know, the complaints and they were tired and all these things because kids are a lot of work. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about my journey on how I decided to get pregnant because it was a choice. So I feel like just suddenly I was having a lot of thoughts about kids and it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I want to have kids. I want to have kids. But it was more like, would I ever have kids? how many would I want to have, um, names, stuff like that. Because I am a person that thinks things a lot before before I actually do something. So it was funny because I kept having these thoughts. And one day my husband comes home from visiting his sister and he tells me that his sister is pregnant. And so I kept like having these thoughts, but I didn't share them with my husband. And I also added to my thought that it would be a good idea to have a kid now because he would have a cousin very close in age. And so I just kept thinking about it, sleeping on it. I didn't mention anything to my husband. And then maybe like 
a couple weeks later, maybe like three, four weeks later, maybe, I'm not sure, we find out that his other sister is also pregnant. So then I kept having these thoughts and I was like, oh, that would be so cute. You know, we would have two other babies in the family. You know, he would have cousins that would grow up and be his age because they were all older. And I feel like at some point after the second one was pregnant, well, after we found out that the second one was pregnant, my husband even started mentioning the idea as well. So I feel like we talked about it for a couple of weeks and decided it was time. So I stopped my birth control and we started trying. I remember we started trying in May of 21 and I didn't find out I was pregnant until September 1st of 21. And when I found out I was six weeks. So I was pregnant in August of 21. So when I found out it was kind of a weird wacky story because when I found out I remember that I had gotten a promotion the same day and I called my parents to tell them that I had something to share with them because I've always been like a very funny joke jokester person joking joke I don't know I like to joke let's say that so I thought I was kind of making a joke like I was going to tell them that I was pregnant but I really didn't know and I knew that that's what they were going to think. So I asked them to come over for dinner. And immediately, you know, that was their thought. But I was still not aware that I actually was. So surprisingly, my brother was also in town. And he's usually never around. Um, I will talk about my relationship with my brother someday. But, you know, we had dinner. And I told him that I had gotten a promotion at work. And they did mention that they thought that I was going to tell them that I was pregnant. And I was like, no. And we went through our night. We had dinner, talk, and then everyone started leaving. So when everyone started leaving, my husband jumps in the shower and I was on the toilet. And for some reason, I started like remembering, you know, like, oh, like I bought a salad earlier today from my favorite place and I wasn't able to eat it for some reason. I was feeling bloated. I felt like I had gained some weight and I didn't know why. And then my parents thought of me being pregnant kept just lingering in my head. So I decided to take a pregnancy test all while my husband and I were having a conversation and he's in the shower. So I decided to take one. And I remember my husband telling me, you know, how good my brother looked, that he had lost so much weight. And in that moment, I was just holding my tears because by that time, the test was already positive. Excuse me, guys. I have a little bit of a cold, so you might hear me cough a little bit. So it was positive. So then, you know, he's like, hey, like, are you still there? You know, and I was like, oh, yeah. So I was like, you know what? My brother's not going to be the only one to have some weight changes. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, look. So he opens the curtain and I hand him the pregnancy test. And so he starts freaking out and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He didn't even finish rinsing off by the time he got out of the shower and made me hop in the car. We drove to the store and I remember buying like four different kinds of pregnancy tests. And I remember he bought me a vitamin water and on our way home, he was like pushing me to chug it down. So as soon as I get home, I take three different ones and I saved one for the morning. Well, every single one came back positive. That next morning, my husband wakes me up like super early, makes me get up to take another one, which was also positive. 
So I remember that the next day, you know, since all of them were positive, I decided to make a doctor appointment to confirm. And I felt like once that was done, it was basically time to share the news. And to be honest with you guys, I wasn't really excited to share the news. And I think it had to do a lot more with how dysfunctional my family is. And really the only person I called as soon as I was out for work the next day was my sister. She was the only person I was actually excited to share the news with. My husband's family, I don't really have a good relationship with them. So I just didn't want to share the news with them. But I also had to, you know, had to take into account that they're a part of his life, that they're important to him, that it means a lot to him. So I respect that. And I just had him do it. And I remember when he called his parents, they were like, oh, finally, because like I like I said, we've been together for a while. So, you know, it wasn't it was hard for them to believe we didn't already have kids. Right. So I remember I shared with my parents that I was pregnant and I remember so clearly and I'll never forget that my dad was so happy. I filled his heart with the news. I had never seen dad so happy before. He was making plans. He kept saying it was a boy. I mean, he was just ecstatic, ecstatic. I don't know how you say it. And my mom seemed a bit disappointed. She started lecturing me and she really didn't show any bit of happiness until days after since my brother already has two boys my sister and her were convinced that this was a girl so I think she was more excited about the fact that it could be a girl because they really want a girl so my first trimester was really hard I had a lot of morning sickness food aversions nausea smells would make me puke it was hard you know the apartment we were living in only had one restroom so I would make my husband get up super early to use the restroom. So by the time that I got up, there wasn't any more smells. (laughs) But my hormones were everywhere. And I was extremely tired. And I had so many mood swings. I mean, I was all over the place. I could barely stay up. It It was really rough. I was super tired. My second trimester started off pretty rough. At the end of my first trimester... I ended up getting rushed to the hospital because I was getting a a gallbladder attack and ended up getting my gallbladder removed at the beginning of my second trimester. But I was scared. I was scared when I was rushed to the hospital because I thought there was something going on with the baby. Luckily not. And during my surgery, you know, while I had to go, go get surgery, I was also pretty freaked out because, I mean, surgery while I'm pregnant was wacky to me but I want to share a small story with you guys and I feel like this just changed a lot um, my relationship with my husband's family and this was something that happened during my pregnancy so before I was pregnant I my husband and I went to speak to his sister about a phone line that he had with her because his phone was all damaged and it wasn't working So we needed to get him a new one, especially with me being pregnant. He needed to be in communication with me in case of anything happening. And I was working in, you know, of a much distance where he was. So we went to talk to her and we asked her if we could, if she could transfer the line and she could, you know, 
help us out with that because he was trying to get a new phone under my phone plan. And she was like, well, I have to figure something out, but they won't let me. So kind of like basically saying no, because we all know that it's possible. So whatever, things go by, I get my surgery. And the day after my surgery, I was home alone. I didn't have anyone there, fresh out of surgery, pregnant, sick, feeling horrible. I'm calling him and sending him messages and he's not picking up the phone. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I need help. I mean, I couldn't get up. It was very hard. And so I kept contacting him and nothing, nothing was going through. My calls weren't going through. My texts weren't going through. I tried every app I could think of and nothing was working. So I remember that night he comes home and maybe 20 minutes later, I receive a message from his sister and she's saying, hey, your husband doesn't have a phone line anymore. I cut it off. Have him call me. Not once did she say, hey, how are you? Hey, I hope surgery went well. Hey, how's the baby doing? Hey, how are you feeling? Hey, do you need something? Nothing along those lines. It was just straight up like, I cut his phone line. Have him call me. So I didn't respond. And I sent, I, you know, I told my husband like that what had happened. And I guess he got in communication with her. But I feel like that changed my relationship in the way that I viewed her because I feel like I was in a very vulnerable spot and she decided to play wrong, act wrong, you know, because I feel like that was wrong of her to do. It was inconsiderate of her to do. She didn't do it when we asked her and she did it in the least convenient time knowing that I was fresh out of surgery. On top of that, I feel like she just did it to like cause an issue because I mean, that was, it was rude. And, and I, af- after that incident, like I hold resentment and, and I, re- and I hold negative feelings towards her because this wasn't just about me. You know, they, this was definitely, she was rubbing off our issues onto my child and I didn't feel that it was appropriate of her to do that. So I feel like after that, I definitely avoided seeing her and having a relationship with her because I just thought she was disrespectful. But once I recovered from the surgery and I was finally feeling myself again, COVID hit us. And I felt like I was going to die. I think the hardest part about COVID was I couldn't eat well. I couldn't eat well and I was just extremely tired because I was pregnant. I wasn't eating well. And it was hard. It was hard. There was days where I thought I was going to die and I would beg my husband to take me to the hospital because it was just horrible but thankfully we got over it so after that the glucose taste test came in and I failed it and I was sick for days after drinking that thing I ended up getting gestational diabetes so my third trimester was also a nightmare I constantly had to check my sugar levels write my numbers down manage my meals you know, walk a lot more. I was walking around the block and my husband was sleeping on the couch just trying to get those sugar levels down. And it was hard because I also had lots of cravings and they were all sweet cravings. And don't get me wrong, I loved being pregnant. I was so happy I was creating my sweet boy day after day. But it was very emotional and it was very hard on my body because 
I've always been very petite and it was a lot of extra weight for me, for my back, for my feet. And it was difficult. It was, it was definitely something rough on me, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, my journey going to the hospital at that time I was working in Glenwood Springs and I was going to the hospital and I did not have the best experience at the hospital. Several times I left with my arms full of blood, questions unanswered. I was disrespected. I would get stink faces. I mean, it was completely whack, you know, and I don't want to go much into details about it because I feel like I could just go on and off for days, but it was hard. You know, they never called to give me my results. I always had to call them. I always had to, you know, be on top of them. And then eventually I I reached my last straw when I went into the almost last appointment and I'm giving a consent form to sign for being induced no, for having a C-section, and I questioned that. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, if you don't want a C-section, we'll only sign a waiver that says that only if it's an emergency. So I didn't sign that either, and she brought me a paper explaining how the inducement process, induction, I cannot talk, I'm sorry, guys. The process of being induced was, and the risks and whatever, and I had questions, and she wasn't willing to answer them. So then I asked, you know, during which day I would be induced, which doctor would be there. And I was told that there was going to be a male provider when I had previously said that I was not okay with being helped by a male provider. And so she just made a comment and said, you know what, Leslie, a lot of women are just grateful that there's someone to help them. So they just shut up and take the help. That's what she told me. So I lost my mind. I busted out crying. I went to the car and I found a solution. I called the clinic in Basalt. They got me in the next day. And then immediately I was seen by a high-risk doctor because I was on insulin and my sugar levels were not under control. And I was I was having a pretty high dose of insulin. So then I was seen again on that Friday because it was Wednesday and then I was seen again on Friday and then Friday night I was called that I was going to be induced Monday night but um the birth was fine I didn't have any issues I I think I only dealt with my epidural failing the first time thankfully we did get it in for the second time and it worked I remember I pushed for 18 minutes and I got my little sweet boy I cannot say anything bad about the hospital in Aspen. They were amazing. We got the best nurses. We got the nurses that spoke Spanish. They included my husband in everything. They were absolutely amazing. I felt so cared for. And I will definitely be having my second child there if I ever do have a second child. (laughs) But... You know, I dealt with a couple of things during my pregnancy, and I feel like my relationship with everyone changed quite a bit. Um, My whole pregnancy, I was helping my mom with some things, and it wasn't really me helping her. It was basically me doing it for her, and it came to a point where I was just overstimulated and exhausted. 
I was working full time. I was pregnant. I had a home. I had a dog, a husband, my own things. And it was rough. I also went through several times of my husband and I almost splitting up during my pregnancy because I was so emotional. I was always crying. I was always angry. I was always dealing with a lot of things. I was always very sad and stressed out. I also was not getting proper medical care for most of my pregnancy. And it was hard not to have the most positive support from the people that I loved. And I want to share a story with you guys that I've never shared before. And I think it's, it's a very it's a very sad story for me and it's very vulnerable for me to to share this because I'm not about sharing these moments I don't like to look weak and I feel like it's something that I need to learn and I've been learning throughout these podcasts how to do that but I remember and it wasn't really what happened I feel like it was just what I was feeling and going back to that emotional flashback is hard on me But I remember that day I couldn't sleep and I went through my husband's phone and I found a couple of things that I was not okay with. And I I mean, it was like crazy stuff, but I found the phone number of two women that he had connected with sexually and in a relationship while I was not with him. And the reason why it hurt so much was because one of them he actually cheated on me with. And the other one claimed to be my friend. So it was rough. And I didn't find any messages. I just found their contacts saved in them. But as a pregnant lady, I mean, your whole world comes crashing down because this is not something that you should be dealing with while you're pregnant, while you're going through all these hard emotions. So I remember I was super upset and I le- I just left. I love to drive when I'm upset. I just go for a drive and listen to music. I remember I ended up at a grocery store and I bought donuts, honey buns, and I bought pears. And I was just sitting in the parking lot crying with my belly stuffing my face with donuts and pears and just crying and crying and crying and crying until suddenly I couldn't cry anymore and I remember after I stopped crying I drove back home and I ended up falling asleep in my car the next day you know I woke up went inside changed did my hair brushed my teeth all that good stuff and headed back for work but just feeling that And sharing that is hard for me. And I feel like every time I talk about this, I close my eyes and I look at myself sitting in that parking lot. And my heart just shatters because it's something that really affected my relationship with him. And it's something that I feel like I'll never forget. I'll never forget that happened during my pregnancy. You know, the least of things that I needed. And it happened. So. Coming home as new parents, that was whack. It was a shit show. (laughs) I had the baby blues. I also felt I had some sort of depression after. Um, My husband turned into the most exaggerated parent on the planet. He did not want the sun to hit my, my son's face, the air to blow in his face. 
he would cover up my son he would dress him in like three layers you know my son would sometimes pee himself when his diaper would come off and my husband would be so upset you know it was a lot it was a lot I was going through depression through my baby blues through my body changing through being a new mom I was sleep deprived and then this man over here is making a big deal because he only is wearing two pairs of socks and not six and I'm like dude so we had a lot of arguments and a lot of fights because of the parenting style. I wanted to follow a more structured plan and he wanted to listen to his mom and listen to his sisters and overprotect my child and just kind of wing it and be a Mexican parent and that's not what I wanted to do and I feel like it was a conversation that we just never thought we needed to have which I was very wrong. So um, one day I got really upset because we were living in a very small apartment and he was, every morning he would wake up, you know, he would slam closet doors, bathroom doors, he would turn the lights on, he would do this, he would do that. He was so noisy. So I got upset because I told him, I'm like, dude, like, try your hardest to just be as quiet as you can because you're going to wake him up. And he started fighting, excuse me he started fighting with me. And so I was just exhausted. I could not do it anymore. I was always crying in the bathroom because he would just piss me off so much. He would just, I would put the baby to sleep and he would just ruin it and wake him up. So I was like, you know what, this changes tonight. And I put the baby down for bed. And as soon as he was down for bed, I, I went outside and at that moment my car was like right in front of my front door and my bedroom was like right next to it so I remember I was like if anything I can just walk in there and resolve it but I let him deal with the baby all night long I saw that light turn on over six times that night as soon as he would turn it off I would hear the baby crying and he would turn the light right back on I let him struggle alone all night with the baby because I just couldn't do it anymore. Well, the next day, he woke up super early and he woke up and he was like, look, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it's this hard. I didn't realize, you know, why you were getting so upset and now I know. So after that, I feel like we became parents together. <laughs> After that episode, he got it together and we became a team, I guess you could say. But becoming a mom, and I'm sure becoming a dad, was definitely a change. You know, it changed my way of thinking, it changed my priorities, it made me learn how to set more boundaries when I, when I needed to, and it made me stand up for myself a lot more especially because that's the example that I'm going to give my son to be able to stand up for himself. It changed my relationship with my parents. It changed my relationship with my husband. But I feel as a Hispanic, there are so many things that they don't tell you about becoming a mom. I feel they just teach us sex is bad and that's it. But they never talk about pregnancy and the way your body changes. You know, it was a huge slap in the face for me. My hormones changed. My body changed it was a constant battle to lose weight and feel good again and it still is but I feel like they don't talk about parenting how to parent together how to do things together 
you know it's more like don't have sex until you're married and then it's fine to get pregnant but they never teach you what it actually brings to the table when you become a mom and becoming becoming a mom in a hispanic culture is hard because i decided i wanted to be more like moms that i would babysit for rather than an actual mexican mom you know i set my son on schedules i limit screen time i try my hardest to be a gentle parent I don't allow him to have as much sugar as he wants. My son was born with an umbilical hernia. And in Mexico, they would put a penny in their belly button and wrap it. And I decided not to do that. And, oh, I was getting criticism from everyone. My husband's mom, my mom, my grandmother. And I also did not allow anyone to upload pictures of my son. And neither did we. And we still haven't. I feel like we're not ready yet. And so that boundary had to be enforced several times with both mine and my husband's family. So with my family, I had to address it because my grandma came and she was trying to force me to share pictures of my son with people who are never in my life. And I said, no, I said, no. And I said, I was never going to do that. And I told them that if they really cared about my son, that they would be the ones to ask me about him instead of just wanting a picture to see who he looked like. And also with my father's side of the family, I was requested to send pictures to a cousin of mine. And I denied because we don't get along. We don't talk. We don't do well. It's just a very, oh, we're cousins and that's it. We don't get along well or or bad. It's not good or bad. It's just not in un it's just unexistent. And I had to set that boundary as well where I was not going to share these pictures. And with my husband's family, two people in his family uploaded a picture. One was his sister and every time that this happened, I would just have a conversation with him and he would deal with it because I feel it's his duty as his father and as my husband to set that boundary so I let him handle it so one was his sister one of his five sisters four sisters I don't remember how many there are there are, there are too many um and he talked to her about it and as, as soon as he reached out she was like oh I know why you're reaching out and it's like well if you already knew then why did you do it and the second one was his mom she uploaded a picture and I spoke to him about it and she removed it and as soon as she removed it, the next day she reaches out to me and I did. I decided to just not respond to her message because it was something that we shared even before um, my son was born and they just decided to not respect that. So I don't feel like I had to participate in talking to her because it was something that she already knew. And also another thing that I have learned, like I said, is setting boundaries and stepping my foot down when it comes to my son because I feel like they have just left my my son out. You know, my husband's sisters have just left him out. And I mean, one used to live close by, one lived in the city and the one in the city would come down and visit the other baby and the one here would go to the city and visit the other baby but none of them made an effort to come visit mine so you know I remember reaching out several times 
telling them to come over, telling them to come visit, telling them to, you know, be part of my child's life. And as soon as I saw that that was not happening and they were just leaving him out, I set my foot down. And as a mother, I said, you know what? I'm not going to put my child in a position where they have been leaving him out. I'm not going to put him in the place where they can just continue to do that. And I'm just going to stay away. So we just both stay away. And that's how it's been. And I will talk about my relationship with in-laws, but it's not the moment. (laughs) But I feel like everyone in our family just wants to tell us how to raise my son and how to do things with him. I'm constantly reprimanded by others because, quote unquote, I don't allow him to be a kid because I don't allow him to eat as as much sugar as he wants. But Being a stay-at-home mom has been very hard. At first, I was working for client services for a bank, and it was challenging because I had a baby who needed my care, my love, my attention, my boob, of course. And I constantly got reprimanded for being a mom. And I feel like this is a huge topic because I feel there's no sympathy for mothers in their workplaces. I feel like mothers are the ones that work the hardest, that try the most, and that are the best employees. And we're the ones who get stuck with shit hours, shit stuff, because we're moms. And it's wrong. It's wrong because since when is it wrong to be a mother? So I finally stopped working from home and I tried to go back to the bank, but when my son turned one, but it was so hard on me and it was hard on my son that we just decided it was better to be a stay-at-home mom. And that's been hard on my mental health because I live with my parents and two, because we're home all the time. We only have one income, so there's only so much we can do. So it definitely has affected my mental health. And I feel like staying at home, staying a, being a stay-at-home mom, sorry, has been very lonely and isolating. I feel like you isolate yourself from everything also because now you have a child to care for. And by the time, you know, it's right, it's nap time, like you haven't done anything and then it's nap time and then you're doing everything as fast as you can. So this has kind of been my journey as a mom and I'm sure I'm going to talk about other mom moments as I go through other episodes but I just want everyone to listen, who listens to know that it's okay. At first, being a mom is hard and being a dad is also hard, but it gets better. Stuff changes constantly and will continue to change. And sometimes we feel like it's hard and we don't know what we're doing. And it's okay to feel that way. This is my journey and everyone is different, but it doesn't mean it has to be lonely. I hope any mom that is listening can find comfort in my episode and just know that it will get better. And I'll just leave you guys with this. Being a mom is the hardest, most beautiful thing I have ever done. I want to thank everyone for listening today. I hope everyone has a good rest of their week. I will be back next Tuesday. And as always, reach out via Instagram. I'm always excited to see what you guys have to say. And I love the feedback. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their night, day, morning, whatever time they're listening to me. Bye-bye.